0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hi everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hi, this is Kenny Albert. You're listening to the Broadway Hat Podcast with your host Kyle Hall, the number one podcast for all things
3: Rangers Hockey. Welcome back to their Broadway Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hall. And the New York Rangers this week, after a just an awful week beforehand, with the Edmonton collapse, the Devils 2-0 collapse, this team needed something. And coming into this week, I thought they needed seven points or at least six points in these last four games. They played Ottawa back-to-back or home and away, then a back-to-back after the Ottawa game with Chicago, and then Monday night against St. Louis, all teams that are either in last place in their division or struggling as St. Louis has been struggling. And the Rangers go out. They get the win in Ottawa. Halak plays the best game he's played in Rangers jersey. And then they come back home and just a devastating loss Friday night. And up 2-1, 18 seconds left. The Rangers, uh, uh, Brady Kachuk scores a goal. Igor on deflection. He played well all night long, he's played well after, you know, some of his struggles that he's had. And uh, they lose an OT. It, it happens. It sucks. But, uh, you know, a game that the Rangers had won. They had that game won. And then Saturday happens. And I understand coming off of a back-to-back the night before, you lose a game, uh, giving up, you know, the tying goal in 18 seconds and losing an OT. You know, obviously, that takes a lot out of you of a team. But they... Went out there on Saturday and got absolutely embarrassed at home against the last place Chicago Blackhawks. Embarrassed. Outskated, outworked, everything. Halak looked terrible again. They just they looked awful. They looked awful. Truba's the only one out there who's shown any emotion. Getting to two fights, throwing the throwing his helmet against the boards, yelling at the team to wake up. And they did not oh, well, they did afterwards. They scored a power play goal to make a three to one right after that. And then they got outplayed again the entire third period. Embarrassing. One of the worst Ranger games in a long time. And I, you know what? Not to make excuses for them, but I understand how a team could come out flat and whatever after the night before. But still, embarrassing in a season where it feels like this Ranger team thinks they can just show up and win games just based off the, the talent of what last year's team was. This team's not as talented as last year. Igor's come down to earth a little bit from last year. He's still a fantastic Always still putting, you know, his numbers are still great. But they're not otherworldly like they were last year. And then tonight, or we're recording this right now Monday night right after the Rangers win against St. Louis, they get a a much, much needed win, uh, almost a must win tonight to get them somewhat back on track here. Um, I thought going to different lines, it was a first comeback win, by the way. Rangers were 0-7 in games. When trailing heading into the third period, uh, they're down four to three tonight. They come back. Gallant changes the lines up, moves Zabanejad, um, either down or up. I don't know how, which way he went, but moves him with Kako and Lafreniere. And I think that's a move that Rangers Twitter has been clamoring for. I think Vince Mercogliano wrote about it uh, in his article uh, on Monday as well or Sunday, whenever that came out, about getting those two young kids with Mika and. It clicked. They you know Lafreniere scores a goal they're out there for the Keandre Miller goal when with his first of this season. Um that line worked and Goodrow slid in between Kreider and VC and they played well in the third period. That line. Vincent Trocheck finally broke through for a goal. Uh the guys hit ten or eleven posts. I think he leads the NHL in post hit. Kako had three different chances tonight where he could have scored goals that either one of the posts had a beautiful move to get around. Uh Bennington and just couldn't finish it. Uh, another one that trickled through Bennington and stopped it. So, Kako played well tonight. I think, you know, the Adam Fox is ridiculous, by the way. He's just so good. But, you know, this team from Saturday where they show no emotion, you see Truba and the media come out and say this, you know, this lifeless in this locker room. And then I, I posted on my Twitter and you see Ryan Reeves out there with his new team going viral for him firing it up. It sucked. I was like, Why? You know, since he's left, the Rangers have been bad, <laughs> and I know he wanted to go somewhere else and get more playing time, but when you lose a guy like that in a locker room, you know, who, he was the release, you know, Igor release us, he's the guy firing the team up, it sucks to lose a locker room guy like that, and I know they, listen, the cap space is much needed, and he wasn't playing every night, and... The Rangers have made a decision that Sammy Blay is going to play every night, and Ryan Carpenter. While well, tonight he was scratched for Johnny Brzezinski, but those guys were ahead of him in the rotation, and the Rangers still have to deal with that. And whatever you know, they have to have more of these veterans step up in this locker room. And guys like LaFreniere and Kako—they're they, not rookies anymore. They've been around the block, so maybe one of those guys steps up in the locker room. You know, is it Adam Fox? Is it a Ryan Lindgren that takes a, a bigger role in that room? Something has to click, and and. Galan is a, a huge player-coach, which is great and bad at the same time. I feel like he obviously protects his guys, which they they enjoy and they love. He lets them go out there and kind of play their own game. But I don't know how, you know, behind the scenes, I, no one will know this unless you're on the team, but you know how tough he is in these guys. You know, guys like Panarin, who kind of look like they were going through the motions the last couple of games. You know, I thought like Barkley Goodrow hasn't been playing well. And he got into a, a little fight and showed a little bit of motion there at the end of the Chicago game, but... I think he's been really bad. I think Chris Kreider had a couple of bad games, but he got a huge goal tonight. You see the emotion coming out of him, and he's an emotional guy. And They need something out of Kreider to fire this team up. It can't just be Truba laying guys out for dead on the blue line and then having to fight guys afterwards. They need other guys and other veterans on this team to make plays and get excited and get the team going. And they have a really tough schedule coming up. So after this, you know, they get five points out of the four games, which is not – not great, but you're right there still. The Rangers are still right there. They're tied. You know, they have, I think, two games. Uh, they play two more games in Detroit, but they're right there for the final playoff spot. They're tied with the final playoff spot. Three points behind the Islanders now. Um, I think they're now six points or five points behind Cal. So, listen, we're only 25 games, 27 games into the season. There's a lot of season left. They're right there. If they can turn this around, you know, this is not season over. But. After that stretch there with all those, you can't call them layups, but teams that are really not that great, you now Wednesday night go into Vegas. Very tough place to play. Very Vegas is rolling right now. Uh, then Friday night you go to the Stanley Cup champion, uh, Colorado Avalanche. And then Monday you're back at home against the first place New Jersey Devils who are the best team in hockey so far to start the season. So you have three really tough games. And when you look at it, you want to go one, I would say, you got to win one, you got to take one OT, and then you can drop one. But you got to come out of this with three points in five games, I think. Uh, three points in three games, I think. Because you got to keep up. You got to keep up in this division. But uh, they have to keep with this momentum. The, the power play finally broke through for a goal. The power play has been struggling. You know, another guy who I think I think the Rangers, I want to see him get more time, Julian Gauthier. He's really shown that he is an AHL caliber player. Since he's come back from Hartford, Got his wake up call. He's been good. I would love to see him on the second power play over Sammy Blay. I hope Heedle comes back soon. He's a guy who's really stepped up this year, and the Rangers need him. When Heedle comes back, it's like Barkley Goodrow back to a fourth line. You could put Ryan Carpenter as a scratch, or you know, play him whatever. Sammy Blay can go in and out of the lineup then. But if if Philip Heedle comes back, you can have him in between VZ and Kreider. If you want to keep this advantage and the young kid line up top, now you have Heedle has another dynamic offensive player in Kreider next to him. And he's got a guy like VC who can go into the corners and do the dirty work, get the pucks out for him. So I think that could be a good line as well. Leave Trocek and Panarin and Kratsov together. They've looked okay. That's a really good top six. Uh, sorry, top nine. Now, obviously, Jimmy VC, some fans are going to say, listen, he's a fourth line player, blah, blah. blah. For right now, that's the best top nine the Rangers can have. The best fourth line you could have is Barkley Goodreau as your fourth line center That's what that's what he is to me. He's a fourth line player. He's a very good penalty killer. He's a grinder. For this Rangers team to work, he needs to play more in a fourth line role. That's kinda of, you know, when he's on the fourth line, the Rangers lineup is just that much deeper. The defense has to step back up again. They left Igor out of the dry a couple times tonight. They left out Halakha Dry a couple times against Chicago on Saturday. I know Trouba's been playing hurt. He's been playing emotional lately. Um uh, I think Brayden Schneider has taken a huge jump forward this year, scored another goal tonight. He's been really good. Keandre Miller, hopefully, with his first goal tonight, gets some confidence going offensively. Helps him out because he's been struggling recently you know, recently. Lingren looks healthier. Uh obviously he's been a little banged up this year. He looks healthier. He played well tonight. Fox is on another, you know, Norris run here, you know, uh, Carlson's been fantastic out in San Jose, but Fox, I think, is grading as a top defensive player in hockey right now for all defensemen. Um, And then, now you have Libra Hayek. So, Zach Jones gets sent down to the American Hockey League to uh, get more playing time. Libra Hayek has now stepped in to that third pairing. Now you have Ben Harper, who got called up, played for Nashville a couple years there, you know, in and out of the lineup there. It's kind of a seventh swing guy. Uh, they signed him before the right before the season started. So now you have Lieberhike out there. So when when I'm sitting in Chris Drury's seat right now and I'm looking at what I want, I see Patrick Kane put up three points against me on Saturday. It's exactly what the Rangers need. Everyone knows that. Every team wants him. You know, what's the cost could be for him to bring him in. Cap wise, they gotta make that work. The other thing is they gotta bring in a veteran defenseman. And if it's gonna be a guy like Justin Braun who I thought felt in great for him last year. Is it a guy like Troy Stetcher out in Arizona who's playing, you know, second pairing, third line pairing minutes out there, but it's a guy who can, you know, contribute offensively and defensively as a third pairing guy, as a veteran. You know, is he a guy the Rangers look at? Something like that? Somewhere along those lines, they need a veteran defenseman making around a million dollars a year. They can help sure up that back end and, and kind of help out. Braden Schneider still 20 years old, come along in the NHL and also be – either step in for Leibor Hike if he's if his play drops or can push him either way. Just they, they need another veteran guy. I don't think Ben Harper is the guy. Um, I just think they need to bring in another guy with more angel experience for playoff run. Similar to, like I said, Justin Braun last year, which I thought was a great addition to this team. So they need, obviously, it's about every week. They need a score and they need depth defensemen. But now with... Uh, Jones getting sent down. It's even more apparent that he'd help defensively um, as the season wraps up here. But uh, talking about some hot teams. Jacksonville Iceman, the Rangers ECHL affiliate last year had an unbelievable season, won 40 games, for the first time in franchise history, won a playoff series for the first time in franchise history in their first year as a Ranger affiliate. Uh, and their head coach, Nick Luco joins us this week on the show. Uh Nick, Uh, Came along, his uh, dad was actually involved in the Flyers organization for years, then Florida. Uh, He grew up a Flyers fan. So we talked to him about his hockey journey. He got drafted by his hometown, Flyers, which is very cool. Very cool draft story about his dad not warning the Flyers to draft him. Uh, So very cool draft story there. And he talks about his years in the Flyers organization, working his way up. And then also, you know, through the coaching rings from assistant coach, uh, at, all the way up now to the head coach down in Jacksonville. So very cool interview with him. And we get to learn more about the Jacksonville guys. You know, they've had a lot of the East Coast League. We've had guys on the show who play down there. It's The talent gets better and better every year down there. There are more and more prospects down there, not just guys going down there and throwing, you know, throwing chucking nuts at each other. Like, these guys can play. Um, you know, we had Christian DiGiacinto, G- who uh, has played for Hartford last year, saw some time down in Jacksonville this year, earned himself a callback up to Hartford. Uh, so while I was you know, watching him and Ryan Lowen, we also had on the show uh, back in the summer, uh, he's down in Jacksonville as well. Uh, so those are two guys that I've been watching down there. And then the Rangers got some prospects tonight. Like Olaf Limbaugh, the second-round um, pick for 2018, is down there in goals. We talk about him, and we talk about a lot of other young guys. So a uh, really great interview with Nick, so make sure you stick around for that. But before we start into an interview with Nick, I do want to tell you about our sponsors over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans light the lamp this winter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win, and they get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like, like which team will win, how many goals they'll be scored, for even more of a shot at a bigger payout. So go and download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code Broadway and bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and win $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code Broadway. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see show notes for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you live in New York, please call one eight. Uh 18778 Hope NY or text Hope NY to 467-369. All right, we are now joined by a very special guest, the head coach and director of hockey operations for the Rangers, ECHL affiliate Jacksonville Iceman. Nick Luco, thanks so much for joining us.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me.
3: Uh, first off, congratulations on a great year last year. Uh, a franchise record in wins and uh, the first playoff uh, series win in franchise history. So congratulations on an excellent season there.
4: Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, it was um exciting first year, um, especially for myself personally. Uh, first time being the head coach. Uh, learned a lot throughout last year and uh, you know had a blast doing it.
3: And I had a couple of uh, former teammates and friends here on the show, but back in prep school, another gunnery guy on the show, uh, Terrence Wallen, who is now the head coach at Maine. I need you guys to face off and have a, uh, a fr- you know, a friendly rivalry there pretty soon. But uh, at a prep school, you got drafted by the, the hometown Flyers. Uh, talk about that, that draft day and how cool that was.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. I growing up in the Philly area, um, you know, having connections with – you know, my dad working for the Flyers for twenty plus years. It was uh, kind of a one of the more interesting draft stories you ever hear. Um, throughout that season, you know, I was on the central scouting and and interviewed with some teams. And throughout the whole year, um, you know, my my dad was saying, "There's no chance that you know we'll draft you here in Philly. You know, you got to go make it on your own." And I totally agreed with that. And then um, you know, draft day came along. Paul Holmgren, who was the GM, said we're going to draft Nick. My dad said no chance, don't do it. He did it anyway. Um, apparently, I was not at the draft, but my dad was very upset with uh, with Homer and 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 the rest of the scouts there. But um, that's just kind of the way the Flyers are. It's 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 always a, a family like uh, culture that Ed Snyder started back in 1967. So um, it was pretty pretty interesting. You know, I was I was a little shocked because I was talking to uh, four or five other teams, and then you know, didn't really expect Philly to draft me. Um, but uh, looking back on it, it was it was awesome to be part of the organization for for all those years growing up as a kid, and then through my time as a prospect and playing pro hockey, uh, you know, a little bit with Lehigh Valley and, and, and Reading, their ECHL affiliates. So, um, you know, looking back on it, I wouldn't change a thing. It was it was a little awkward being an eighteen year old and you get drafted by team that uh, you have family working for but um, you know it was uh, it was a pretty cool experience
3: um so you weren't at the draft at all you're you're at home
4: no yeah i was at i was at home um hanging out with buddies on the weekend uh, i was kind of slated to be that you know fourth fifth six seven round pick area um, got drafted in the sixth round and i remember my dad texted me like hey uh, we're about to draft you and i was like what and uh um, <laughs> Yeah, it was. I remember telling my mom, and mom was like, "What are you talking about?" Uh, it was, it was, it was kind of awkward. It was, it was weird at first, but um, definitely a pretty unique draft story. I don't think anyone's uh, dad's been uh, upset when their kids got drafted, uh, like like my dad was. So um, it was kind of funny to be a part of.
3: And obviously, growing up around that great Flyers team and the the Legion of Doom and everything, who was your favorite player on those teams?
4: Uh, my favorite player growing up was Sean Podine um okay. that's why that's why i wore 25 uh playing my entire life um i was in the locker room when i was when i was little and he you know would take good care of me let me take the stick and you know kind of play knee hockey with me in the locker room so he kind of became my idol at a young age and we actually stay in touch to this day um, yeah. which is pretty cool
3: yeah it's awesome yeah did any of your uh friends growing up who obviously were all flyer fans i'm sure but did they all get on you about your dad trading eric lindros or no
4: no, not so much. <laughs> um, thinking back on it, I think at that point, everyone, uh, I think it was time for, for the Flyers and Eric Lindros to kind of part ways. So um, I know, uh, I'm trying to think back on a couple trades where, where guys were like, what well, what are they doing or anything like that? But I can't really think of anything. I mean, Philly was always – when, when Ed Snyder was around, they were always in it to win it, so they were going to do whatever it took to win. Um, so they would go after the big free agents and, and make the big trades, you know, bringing in, you know, Jeremy Rowe and Tony Monty, a uh, couple of those other guys for that 2004 run. And then 2010, they went out and got Pronger and, and made a run to the finals there on that crazy last day of the regular season, getting in on a shootout and then coming back to beat Boston down 3-0. Uh, that was – that was a pretty special run for our family and, and just pretty cool to look back uh, and be able to be a part of it.
3: Yeah. That, that that shootout though, was not a very happy memory for me though, unfortunately. Um, yeah. yeah.
4: It's, it, I mean, it's funny, like it comes full circle, like, you know, obviously growing up in a family is a flyers family. And then, you know, 10 15 years later, I'm working for the Rangers. I never really would have thought that would happen because we grew up, we, we hated the Rangers, Devils, Penguins, all those teams. So, uh, but that's hockey,
3: yeah. Wow, no, that's awesome. And uh, and you end up, you, you go to the USHL and you, you win a championship with Dubuque and Johnny Hockey, uh, Johnny Goudreau's there. And, uh, did you play with him growing up too in that area?
4: Yeah, so he's a couple years younger than me. Um, so I played against him a little bit, um, kind of knew of him. Uh, just because he was one of those smaller guys and would just put up a bunch of points and he was always doubted at every level he went to I remember you know, when we first went out to Dubuque uh, people from home were like ah he'll go out there for a couple of weeks and he'll be back playing I think he could have played 16 under or 18 and under or something like that um, and then obviously he goes out there tears it up and then there are doubters going to college and then NHL and you know just like look where he is today um, he's a tremendous talent and uh, awesome guy as well. So, uh, I was pretty fortunate to have played with him.
3: I was going to say, how, like, just watching him at a young age, were you like, wow, this kid's get it? Like, did you know he was going to be an HL player? Like, did you see that at that age, or did he really grow into that?
4: Um, I think he grew into it. I mean, I remember the first couple of days of camp and, and practice is, uh, You know, he he just looked like a 12-year-old on the ice. He had to wear the cage. He kind of had, like, the long, scruffy hair. Like, it looked like he hadn't shampooed it in, like, two (laughs) to three months. Uh, He used to not – I don't know if he still does this, but he wouldn't tie the top two um, eyelets on his laces. So, like, his skates would just look super loose. He had the floppy tongues. It was kind of like, who is this guy? And then you go out there for the first couple of drills of practice and he would just dangle and walk everybody and, and score like 16 goals. And it's like, all right, this guy's pretty good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I guess you can get away with it. Right. If you, if you, if you have that skill, you can go out there and look however you want.
4: Yeah, exactly. For sure. Um, but we also had a group there in Dubuque that, uh, that was really close and we had a tight knit, really good leadership group. Um, with guys like Luke karate, Vinny Sapinari, um, TJ Schluter, a couple other guys, and obviously Jim Montgomery was our coach who was uh, outstanding.
3: Yeah, a very an unbelievable coach.
4: Yeah, uh best best coach I've ever had. He's just his attention to detail and um kind of giving that creativity to the forwards and even the defensemen to get up in the play and and make plays and don't necessarily be afraid to make mistakes because mistakes are gonna happen in this game. So um, I, I gained a ton of confidence playing for him, and I learned a ton about the game that year.
3: Uh, so you end up going to Vermont. How did that process play out? Uh, you know, what are the schools you were looking at before you ended up committing there?
4: Yeah, so I was talking to a bunch of the Hockey schools. schools. Um, I committed to Vermont uh, my senior year at the Gunnery. Um, I had an offer from UMass. Uh, I was talking to BU, uh, UNH, um, a couple other schools. Um, but yeah, I, I went up for a visit to Vermont, saw a game at, at the gut and you know, pretty much instantly fell in love with the spot. I mean, being in Burlington, there isn't, there isn't any pro sports teams around. So the team gets treated like a pro sports team. Uh, they sell out every night. Like I said, the gut's a cool, cool old barn. Burlington's a great college town. So I was hooked right away.
3: Now we had uh, Michael Pagliotta on the show, uh, who is a big Ten defenseman there with were you guys, were you D partners with him or, uh. I know he. Yeah, had big, his senior year was his big year. I think, right?
4: Yeah, he had a great junior senior year. Um, we started out playing together as freshmen. Um, we were partners. I remember our first game. We played at Minnesota. They were top five. The Abuseded. Uh, uh, I think Hollow was there. A couple other, a couple other future NHLers. Um, we were down two nothing before our first shift. Um, <laughs> we ended up losing. We ended up losing six nothing, but somehow we were even. Um, <laughs> so from there um you know like mike went on to have a great career and played a couple games in the nhl and um you know, he did a lot of good things
3: and then your senior year you end up signing uh with the the flyers and lehigh there and you you played in six games what would like that first pro game uh were you like what were the nerves like going through your system then
2: Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred Bets and up to 200 Fred Bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21+. plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like, you know, you obviously when you're playing at a high level in college, it's, uh, you put in a lot of work and and a a lot of effort to get to the next level. But then when you get to pro it's, you know, you're playing against grown men that that have families that are, that are fighting for everything. Um, and I remember our first game, I think right off the draw, there was a fight, um, you know, right off the opening face off and I was like, all right, well, we're not in college anymore. So, um, (laughs) It's just like anything else, you got to get that first shift out of the way, and then you start to feel comfortable and just kind of kept it simple, and um, it was pretty cool to be a part of, um, you know, whenever you play your first pro game, it's, looking back on it, it's a memory that you'll keep forever.
3: And then, oh, I forgot to ask about the, um, you played at Fenway, right, with the Vermont?
4: No, so... uh, we did play that year, but I, I lacerated my spleen uh, oh. two games two games before that, yeah. So, um, I, was, I had mono. I was playing a lot as a freshman, and I thought it was just the flu, and I was just trying to play through it, and um, just went for, like, a routine, kind of uh, pin a guy, rub him out in the corner, and my spleen pretty much just exploded. So, uh, wow. that was the end of my freshman year. Wow. <laughs> so, um,
3: did you get free tickets at least to the game or were you in a no. hospital bed somewhere? I was, I was still in
4: the hospital. Yeah, I was oh. in the hospital for, for a week after that, uh, pretty much on bed rest for two and a half months. So that's um, tough too. like your your first college experience and, and you're starting to get comfortable. And then right after Christmas, uh, you lacerate your spleen and you're, you're on bed rest. You kind of got to hang out at home. And um, it was tough, but it was um, something I got through and you know made me better.
3: That's rough. Sorry for bringing that back up again. That's rough. No, no, it's funny. I mean, it was uh it, you kind
4: of it was in the back of my head like, yeah, maybe I am really sick, but thought it was just kind of the flu and once I kind of felt that pain in my side, I was like, oh man, I definitely might have had mono here and lacerated my spleen. So, um yeah, it was not it wasn't fun times.
3: <laughs> uh what was your first NHL camp? Did you was that at a camp at a, the draft or
4: It was. So I I would go to development camps uh, in the summers, but for training camps, if you're NCAA, you can't can't go to the NHL camps because you're back in school. So my first NHL training camp was uh, 2015 um, after I I signed out of college. So, yeah, uh, that was um, a crazy experience as well. Going through all the testing, and that was when Dave Haxall just got hired in Philadelphia. So his camp was pretty intense, really upbeat, a lot of skating. So um, it's it's crazy, you know. It just when you get to that next level, everything starts to funnel down, and the players are better, obviously. And then you're dealing with NHL guys, and um, as a rookie, you're you're just trying to find your way. So um, definitely an awesome experience.
3: Any welcome to NHL moments that Wayne Simmons step on you or did you know, Drew Dangle at the at the blue line or anything?
4: Uh, so I remember we had to sign up for the skating test. Uh, and I signed up for like eight in the morning. I just wanted to get it out of the way, um, get it over with. And I show up to the rink at like 630, start to go up to the gym to kind of get a warm up and, and get ready for the test. And I, I walk up to the to sign-in sheet and Vinny, like I really, crossed out my name and pushed me back to like 2 p.m. And I was like, I ah, probably can't go up to a guy who's played a thousand games future Hall of Famer to tell him that, hey, that's my spot. So that was kind of my <laughs> welcome to the NHL moment.
3: <laughs> you just sitting this, every guy walks they're probably thinking that like, you're a weirdo sitting there at 6 a.m.
4: Yeah, exactly. I'm like, now what am I going to do for six hours?
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you went on, you played in Reading for a couple of years and you were then a coach there. So you're a Reading legend. And uh, it's a shame. So you guys don't have them on the on the uh, on the schedule last year. Or this year, we got to get you a, a homecoming back there.
4: I know, I know, I because I, I played for the head coach there, Kirk McDonald, and then I worked for him. And last year, we were both in the playoffs. We won the first round. If we had both won the second round, we would have played each other in the conference finals there. So we were gonna kind of starting to get our trips ready to go there, but. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was awesome playing in Reading. I mean, being from the Philly area, it was it was cool to play closer to home. Um, you know, made a lot of good friends there and close friends that you know, we still talk to this day. We're in each other's weddings and all that stuff. So um, it's kind of it's kind of weird when you're with an organization for um, I think it was close to seven years, and then um, you know, get the job down here in Jacksonville. It's it's a little bit bittersweet, but um, had a great time being in Reading.
3: And then, uh, so when did you know, so you was at six years pro um, and then you jumped behind the bench. When did you know you wanted to be a coach? When did that kind of kick into your mind?
4: It's kind of towards my last year. Um, we kind of had a veteran core group that had played together in Reading for a couple of years there. And guys were kind of looking to go their separate ways. We had a couple of guys go to Europe. Some guys were going to retire. Um, and I, was had some interest in Europe and it was kind of looking to maybe keep playing, but I knew I wanted to stay in the game and get into coaching. And at the end of my last season, our assistant coach, uh, Mike Marcoux left Reading to go back home to Long Island to run the junior Islanders. And, um, Kirk, the head coach and, uh, and, and Reading there basically told me, Hey, if you want to play, I'll sign you. But if you want to be the assistant coach, I'll hire you. So to be able to jump into that role right away, fresh out of, um, uh, playing pro hockey i kind of just jumped at the opportunity and i'm really glad i did it um you know i learned a lot those first couple years working for for kirk and obviously going through the pandemic was was hard on everyone but um you know i learned a lot about the game just through those couple years
3: and you end up in jacksonville so last year's your first year the head coach what was the interview process like for you like when did you first uh, learn interest or did they, they have interest in you like how that all play out
4: yeah, so like the last couple summers have obviously been pretty unique with the pandemic and the, the shortened off seasons because uh, you know the NHL playoffs have been going deep into the summers. So it was about uh, early August. I was about to get settled into to a new apartment in Reading to be the assistant coach there for another year, and uh, Bob Arlov called me and, and asked if I would be interested in interviewing the head job down here in Jacksonville because. Uh, smurf had just left jacksonville to be the assistant coach in buffalo so obviously I, I jumped at the opportunity i kind of figured um you know at least it'd be a good interview experience because i don't have much of that uh, being such a young coach and um yeah they, the rest is kind of history i interviewed well and uh, you know, bob and andy kaufman decided to hire me so here we are today
3: <laughs> now <laughs> and that was after the rangers announcement too so was there a party like oh man like this could be a rangers team like I gotta second guess myself here, maybe.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, I, for me, I, I was obviously ecstatic at the opportunity to be a head coach. Um, and when you've been along, been around the game long enough, like, you know, you don't care who you're working for. You know, as long <laughs> as you're as you're working with an NHL team, it's pretty special. So, um, we, I like I said before, we chuckled at the fact that it's that's the Rangers, someone that we grew up hating, but. Now I'm uh, uh I'm super excited to be a part of that organization and work with those guys.
3: Now, how much involvement do the Rangers have with the team? Like are you sending scouting reports to them? Uh, I had um Riley Armstrong on when he was a coach with Maine and he had, you know, small contact with the Hartford team and mostly with Hartford not really with New York but kind of sending scouting reports out. Um like, what kind of contact do you guys have with the organization?
4: Yeah, I mean it's sort of similar. Um I think the the crazy thing about last summer is there was a changeover in management with the Rangers as well. So Ryan Martin um, got hired after, after I did. So it was pretty late in the summer and we have conversations, you know, once or twice a week about guys and and certain guys that could get called up or if they're sending guys down to get some games and just kind of like you said with Riley, just kind of those scouting reports that way. Um, I think some of the development guys are, getting more involved with us this year just because we have more more prospects rather than ahl depth guys so mm-hmm. um it, it's it's awesome to just kind of meet different people and, and kind of build our network out that way and and build the connections out and just kind of get to know everyone from from different teams
3: yeah you guys have a a, a few prospects down there now i i know uh i had ryan lowen on the show uh, over the summer he's down there playing for you now and uh DJ who actually played well for you and got called back up to Hartford. Uh, he was on yeah. the show. So we have a couple guys who have been down there and you got Hunter Skinner now who is a Rangers prospect. So uh, I guess who's some guys that Ranger fans can kind of pay attention to team to? And uh, you know, maybe we can see him in the future making to New York or a big impact in Hartford.
4: Yeah. I mean, just starting off with uh, Hunter Skinner there, like he's a big defenseman that just he's, he's pretty raw, you know, coming out of major junior, he's young. He just needs to play games and play lots of minutes. So he got sent down here um, about two weeks ago now. So he's playing 20, 25 minutes for us, all situations. And the big thing with with him is they just want him to work on his defensive game, just being a bigger defenseman, closing on guys, being hard to play against. Um he's got a cannon of the shot. Um, which he's figuring out if he can hit the net a little bit more, I think he'll score some more goals. He had a get a nice one timer last week for a goal. So Um, you know, he's been great to work with. He's a good kid. He works hard. Uh, He's going to continue to get better. Um, I think the second one would would be Olaf Limbaugh, the the goalie, um, second round pick first goalie picked in his draft year. He's, he's adjusting to the North American game, especially at the ECHL level where it's, it's a bit of controlled chaos where pucks and shots are coming from all angles. Um, for me my first year as the assistant we had Felix Sandstrom in reading who took some time to get adjusted to uh, coming over from Sweden similar situation um, by christmas time he was lights out the rest of the year and now he's uh, Carter Hart's backup right now in philly mm-hmm. so um, i have a bit of an experience working with the with the swedish goalies just kind of getting acclimated to not only playing here but living uh, you know in a different country it's 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 a lot harder than people think so he's a young kid he works hard as well and we're excited to have him here um and he's continuing to get better every day
3: is Ben Waller going to sneak into practice to help him out down there or is it uh is, it, is your team developing him
4: um so Rangers have a, a goaltender consultant Johnny and who has been coming down uh once or twice a month to work with them for a week and um, he's awesome to you know it's always we always joke that we always have the best practices when someone in a Rangers tracksuit's on the ice <laughs> with us. So the more they keep sending guys down, the better.
3: <laughs> you should just have some random guy stand there in a tracksuit just comes oh, in the stands.
4: We've talked about it. We, we might order one on uh, what's uh, NHL.com there in the shop <laughs> and just have the guy sit in the stands. today. And someone from the Rangers is here.
3: If you want to fly me in, I'll be more than happy to sit there for a couple practices and just stare at guys just with a little clipboard and just like write down you know no notes at all, just some to- you know. <laughs> Some doodles, yeah, exactly. But yeah,
4: yeah. We'll wait, we'll wait till January where it's uh, pretty cold out north. You can come down to Florida for the week.
3: <laughs> exactly. Play some golf. We'll make a weekend out of it. It'll be good.
4: Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, so last year, forty wins. Uh, like I said, playoff win- a playoff series win. Uh, what's the expectations for this team this year?
0: Hi everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me, I have been his patient for more than 20 years, and he said, this is really strange, you're an African American, age 57, I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred Bets and up to 200 Fred Bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.
4: Yeah, I mean, for us, we're pretty fortunate where we had a lot of the returners want to come back. Um, guys kind of had a bit of a sour taste with losing in the second round to the Benchfield Champs down in uh, Fort Myers there. So um, it's been good getting all the guys back in. Uh, we're still figuring some things out, um, especially with the new guys, just kind of building that chemistry. Um, but for us, the expectation is you know we're all in it to win it this year. So. Um, we got a long way to go. We're still, like I said, you know, figuring some things out, trying to figure out ways to score a little bit more because defensively we've been outstanding. Um, you know, we only give up 27 shots in games. So, um, if we can find a way to score a few more goals here, we'll, we'll be fine.
3: And then, uh, I was talking about this with another guest a couple weeks ago who played the coast a couple years before, but he was saying that when he first came to the coast in the late 2010s, it was a lot of obviously just fighting and craziness and kind of wild west. Now is a lot more skill. There's still the fighting aspect, a lot more skill. Have you seen that shift in your career from when you first came in to now coaching?
4: Yeah, I mean it's crazy from my rookie year playing in in the coast to to what it is today. Um, even towards the end of my career when I was playing, just the, the amount of skill and there's a lot of really good players in this league. Guys that were all Americans in college or CHL top prospects, you know, in the in major junior. So um, there's a lot of, uh, I think a lot of people don't know about the coast and how well the hockey or how good the hockey is down here. Um, and at the same time, when you can get a couple of those guys from, uh, on NHL contracts to come down and develop and, and kind of get some extra playing time and build their confidence. It's, it's a really fun league to be a part of.
3: And last year, Sean Avery was considering a back down there with Orlando, one of your rivals. What do you think about him possibly coming back on the ice?
4: <laughs> we were kind of laughing about it. I know. um Well, he has his feud with Matt Barnaby, and Barnaby reached out to us asking if he could sign for us because we play Orlando a bunch. So, um, just so he could fight Avery, and it was kind of, I was like, yeah, we're pretty good right now. We got a lot of guys um starting to come back from Hartford. So, um <laughs> it, was, it was funny. I mean, I heard it didn't really last long there, and I think. You know, he might be one of those guys that you could ask and he'd probably tell you that, that the coast is pretty good. So and we haven't played for a couple of years, it's hard to just jump right back into it. So yeah, I it's think, good story. Good story for the league, I guess.
3: Yeah, the guy sold like, you know, he saw like like five thousand jerseys, right? And then didn't uh didn't actually play. Good for Orlando. I don't know if they yeah, exactly. refund everybody, but it gave them great press.
4: Well, when uh, the taxi squads came back last year, it was, it was complete chaos right after the holidays there. So I even brought back uh, Colin Markison, who was my roommate at Vermont, who was living in Charleston, who just retired. We were short bodies, and he came and played a game for us. So um, you kind of saw that throughout the league, where you would have these guys who come out of retirement and play, play a weekend set of games or something like that. I know Trevor Daly played a game down in Fort Myers for Florida, and uh, there are a few other stories like that.
3: You didn't think about throwing the pads back on and getting back out there, be a little player coach, a little Reggie Dunlap style.
4: I keep telling my assistant, Brandon Mashinter I might sign him again so he can go <laughs> out there. And play. We talked about that a couple of times last year, but they have a strict rule in this league where the coach has to get fired for him to be able to sign with the team. So oh. I obviously didn't want to do that.
3: A <laughs> <laughs> um, couple questions before I let you go. Uh, you guys just had the Dumb and Dumber jerseys. I think you had SpongeBob earlier this year. What's your favorite theme jersey you've seen on either you've worn or your team have played in?
4: Can I say none of them? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's good for the league, and we have the deal with uh, Marvel and Nickelodeon and and things like that. So they sell really well, and I think some of the stuff goes to charity. But um, I remember playing, we had a Sunday three-and-three, we we're playing Allen when I was in Reading and we wore the SpongeBob jerseys and they wore they were the Patrick jerseys. And I think everyone in the locker room kind of questioned what they were doing with their lives that day. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was gonna say, how do you present that to the guys like, hey, all right, we're uh we're the SpongeBob team tonight and like uh yeah. <laughs> we're playing Pat playing Patrick. Like I, how do you present that? Like would they is anyone excited for that? Or is that they're all like, Oh my god, what is going on here?
4: But one of the years I was in Reading, our assistant coach was uh, Pat Weller, who's the assistant coach for uh, Hershey now. And he just told me one time that laps are free in this league. So <laughs> kind of just got to roll with the punches and deal with it.
3: So <laughs> dumb and dumber. Uh, I, I think that's the first time I've seen that happen, though. So it is, you know, you've seen a lot of stuff. That was a new about, one. Yeah, that was a new one. At least it's was a new one, you know?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um... You know, at least for us, like we wore the blue tuxes and we have blue in our logo. So yeah, it's a little little bit better with that. Savannah had to wear the orange ones and they're green and black. So um, (laughs) they kind of got the short end of the stick.
3: Oh, I did like the new black jerseys with the Rangers diagonal uh, lettering on it. I like those.
4: Yeah, those are sharp. I really like those a lot. Um, We, I mean, we love our jerseys down here. I think that's where I kind of get frustrated sometimes just because I wish we could just wear our three jerseys more often because I really like our jerseys.
3: Uh, so what's uh, now, are you involved in it? Obviously, as the Director of Hockey Operations, is there any part of that, what you're involved in that? Like, you know, let's pump the brakes on Captain America night, or is that all just you find that out yeah, and kind of go with it?
4: Yeah, you kind of roll with it. I um, kind of helped out with, with the new Rangers looking third jersey. Um, just thought it would be cool to have – a jersey like the Rangers, where you have the letters coming across like that, um, but I don't really help out with the specialty jerseys too much because I don't want to wear them.
3: <laughs> I think, and I think you guys are wearing the Ranger uh, patches here too, right?
4: Yeah, we have the Rangers and Hartford patch, which is pretty cool.
3: Yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Um, Tim Tebow, is he an owner of the team?
4: Yeah, he uh, he's a partner. Um, so yeah, we got we got him, Daniel Murphy, uh, Miles Jack. Who used to play for the Jags. He's now with the Steelers. A um, couple other guys, former pro athletes down in the Jacksonville area, to kind of hop on board and and help us, uh, you know, help with the new igloo that we're building, the new practice facility, and just kind of be helping us out in the community, kind of building the uh, IceMan brand.
3: That's cool. So he hasn't come. Has he come to a game yet? You get him to drop a first puck soon, or what?
4: He wasn't around last year. Um, I think he might be around this year. I heard. Two years ago, before I was down here, he read the uh, he read the lineup for the guys. Oh, nice. Locker, gave a pretty pretty good speech. So um, we're hoping to have him back this year.
3: That'd be very cool. That'd be cool to have yeah. him down there. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, so you guys are building the new practice. Is the, the, the practice really built yet, or is that is it in the process of that?
4: It's in the process. So uh, the first sheet opened towards the end of last season, I think right after the season ended. And then our side, the second sheet, just opened up uh, – I think last week the ice was ready and they're still, they're almost done. The team offices and the, and the players locker room and our and our side coach's office, everything like that. So it's super exciting. It's something with the uh, pandemic, it's been pushed back a little bit, just with supply and demand and everything going, going on in the world. It's It's been hard to get done, but um, I know Andy and Bob, it's been their baby for five years. So it's almost done and, and we're all fired up for it.
3: That's awesome. Yeah, I, from what I heard about last year, I thought it was either completed now or close to it. Remember last year they were saying that it would be the best facilities in the coast. So uh should draw some more uh players down there too for you.
4: Yeah. I mean it's gonna be awesome for recruiting. Like we're gonna have, you know, obviously our own locker room, weight room, video room, um, pretty much like a mini NHL setup. So um it's gonna be like recruiting, uh, you know, back in colleges and stuff <laughs> like that. So it's gonna be awesome for us.
3: That's awesome. Well, Nick, good luck this year. Maybe we'll catch up with you again towards the end of the season. Uh, you guys are only a couple points back there in first place, so keep it rolling. And uh, and yeah, hopefully you guys get back in the playoffs and get the maybe a championship or was it was a Clark Cup? Right? Is that the uh, um... Kelly Cup? Kelly Cup. Clark is yep. the USA yep. which you are yeah. also a champion of as well.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Wouldn't mind winning another ring. That'd be awesome.
3: Well, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, good luck this year.
4: Thanks so much. I appreciate having
3: me on. Thank you so much, Nick, for coming on the show. Uh, That was great. Get to know him. Learn more about the Jacksonville team down there. They had an unbelievable first season with him. And, uh, yeah, they have a ton of talent on that team, like I said. So, uh, Ranger fans, make sure you keep an eye on Jacksonville. There's more and more guys down there, Hunter Skinner's down there. So, uh, very cool to hear from him about that team. And uh, just hear his journey. You know, I obviously grew up a Flyers fan. Now working for the Rangers which was funny. And uh, I gotta thank my guy Alex Reed over there, who does a great job with their media uh, for helping set up the interview. And hopefully we'll get some more guys from Jacksonville on. I know people really really enjoyed it when I had a lot of guys from Maine on, when they are the affiliate of the Rangers. Um, you know, obviously just these guys who, you know, some guys who aren't the biggest prospects. But listen, you down in the East Coast league, you are grinding it out. And I have the utmost respect for those guys because. Those are guys who just love hockey. They love coming to the rink every day. And uh, it's always awesome to hear those guys' hockey stories because they definitely have a ton of them. And, uh, yeah, so thank you to Alex and thank you to Nick uh, for coming on the show. And we'll definitely be keeping an eye on Jacksonville this season. And also, I want to give a shout-out to my friend Kelly Dolan, who does a great job organizing uh, Ranger signings and Ranger uh, viewing parties and such. And she put together a great group outing. Uh, go into the Rangers-Devils game on January 7th. Um, so make sure you go check her out. You can find her on Instagram and on Facebook at Kelly Dolan. Um, and uh, that's Kelly, K-E-L-L-I Dolan, D-O-L-A-N. Um, but, yeah, so she's uh, – right now they have a couple couple more uh, seats left for the game. I think the price range is between 130 to $180 uh, for the game, but included – Uh, In that is you do get a picture, I believe, on the ice after the game. Um, And also, our good friend Matthew Barnaby will be joining the group and going to the game. Uh, We just had Matt in the show a couple weeks ago, and he is going to be there, uh, I believe, doing a book signing as well. His new book just came out. Uh, So he'll be there with a new book and hanging out with fans and signing autographs, which is pretty awesome to go to a hockey game with a former NHL legend, as Matthew Barnaby is. So make sure you go – Check out Kelly's pages, check out her Instagram, and DM her that if you're interested. She's just posting about it. She posts about it almost every day. Um, she's also involved in a ton of signings. She's had a Mike Richter signing. I believe she's involved with the upcoming Mika badge and Chris Kreider signing in New Jersey. So uh, make sure you go check out her stuff and check out her, any of her viewing parties. But, yeah, pretty cool to have Matthew Barnaby joining some Ranger fans there. Going to Prudential Center in January, so make sure you go check that out with her. Um Yeah, and that does it for episode 109 of the podcast. Please make sure you go subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, We're special for the holiday season. We're doing a $3 donation to Alex's Lemonade Foundation for every five-star review we do receive on Apple Podcasts. So please take literally 10 seconds out of your day. Go and leave the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the show, and $3 will be donated to an amazing foundation helping fight pediatric cancer make sure you go and find the show on spotify and subscribe and leave a five-star review there you can find the show on google play pandora spreaker amazon music anywhere you get your podcast you can find us there make sure you find the show on uh, all social media at twitter at broadway hat pod my personal twitter account at K and y for all new granger updates you can find the show on facebook and instagram at the broadway hat podcast and thanks so much for listening we'll see you next week
2: Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred Bets and up to 200 Fred Bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21+. plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.